That's right, Diane. Don't blow it. <laughs> you know, it's Boxing Day. You don't want to blow it on Boxing Day. You could get your get your butt kicked. <laughs> That's what happens. What's it called? Is boxing. That, Why is it called Boxing Day? I'm going to have to do some crack research team You're information. have to do some crack research team on that, my friend. You better get busy on that. In the meantime, it's 8.48 a.m. Saturday, December the 26th, 2020. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. Well, thank you for the direction with your hands of the oh. end of that. Yes. Yes, everything is perfectly timed and executed as per prior arrangements and contractual agreements, and union rules. You know, for that for that matter. Yes. Yes, Diane. Yes, long labor negotiations went uh, into what we now call the normal state of things here at the Bill and Diane Show, Incorporated. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. The mega complex of the corporate headquarters. The entire Bill and Diane Empire. Ah, happening. Well, Boxing you, Day. Boxing Day. Boxing Day, Diane. Speak. Boxing Day is a holiday celebrated the day after Christmas Day, mm-hmm. thus being the second di- day of Christmas tide. Oh. Though it originated as a holiday to give gifts to the poor. Oh. Today, Boxing Day is primarily known as a shopping holiday. Oh, of course. Like, <laughs> Time for those big after Christmas sales as opposed to those big before Christmas sales. Yeah. It originated in the United Kingdom and is celebrated in a number of countries that previously formed the part of the British Empire. Boxing Day is on December 26th, although blah, 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 blah. blah although blah blah blah, 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 blah. Oh, although blah, blah, blah. Why is it called Boxing Day, though? Boxing. Why Boxing? I'm just looking, I'm looking. Yes, crack research team is on the job, even as we speak, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it works. These are the machinations. You can hear the gears grinding. You can hear the machinery of deep, penetrating research Ah, going on. And here it is. There you go. The Oxford English Dictionary gives the earliest attestations from Britain in the 1830s, defining it as the first weekday after Christmas Day, observed as a holiday on which postmen errand boys and servants of various kinds expect to receive a Christmas box. Mm. The term Christmas box dates back to the 17th century Uh and among other things meant a present or gratuity given at Christmas. In Great Britain, usually confined to gratuities given to those who are supposed to have a vague claim upon the donor for services rendered to him as one of the general public by whom they are employed or paid or as a customer of their legal employer, the undefined theory being that they have done offices for this person for which he has not directly paid them. Some direct acknowledgement is becoming at Christmas. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. Everything you ever Christmas wanted to know box. about Boxing Day. Well, I was wondering about it, too. I was yeah. thought, what is that? I, You know, I oddly thought in my own head yes. that it might be that people were starting to box stuff up after the holidays. Oh, yeah. and, well, I figured it had know. something to do with a literal box on some level. Yeah. Uh, but actually, the other thing to note is that it was 35 years ago today that I got together with Jim Page and Orville Johnson and Tommy Hayes and Ballard to record the demo tape for them. Wow. 35 years ago today, Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been, I've been, I, I've been, I found myself doing a little grieving for my lost youth here in the last day or so, in the last 24 hours. And then we were listening to some music this morning that was, that is reminiscent uh, of a well, even in the lyrics of yeah, the music, particular time in my life when I had small children and they needed to be rocked to sleep sometime during the day for their nap, and I took great pleasure in doing that and listening to music while it was happening. And it was it came to be that the songs on the album marked different stages in the nap. So. I'm glad you chose the music that you chose for today because it's kind of fed into kind of a, a whimsical uh, kind of, um, you know, that word. A whimsical uh, nostalgia that I have been experiencing. And the holidays, that seems like a good time for that kind of thing anyway. You know? Not much weeping, not much rending of garments or gnashing of teeth, but some quiet reflection and reminiscence. And it's hard not to feel <clears throat> that during the holidays, just from the standpoint of the idea in our history that we're celebrating this as a new year and the old year is passing and it's yeah. all man-made concept but it does kind of mark the time and it makes you think about previous times so well, holidays are totally traditionally a time when the family is together and this year is yeah. is odd in some very tangible ways uh, simply because for a lot of us it's a time when we're not together although we make you know every attempt to to connect it's still not anything like what we would have expected a year ago to be happening. That is absolutely true. Indeed, madam. Absolutely true. Indeed. Indeed. Well, perhaps I just intuited your... Perhaps you did intuit. It's, it's been known to happen before. <laughs> and uh, so, but I, I definitely welcomed the, the inspiration. Well, for me... Well, let's just talk about the let's music. Let's just talk Let, about let's it, Diane. Not, let's just do not, it. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. Uh, try to let's be just, surprised. Okay. You boy. Fine. That's good coffee. So, since yesterday we were just hanging out. I mean, yeah. they really, we just sat around and watched movies, and it was it was actually quite a lovely day for me, yes. um, but truly different than any other <laughs> Christmas experience. Yeah. Um, I was on Facebook, and they have—they're now throwing up these little videos in this video area, and, and I saw this video with Chevy Chase and Steve Martin introducing a Paul Simon song, yeah. and I was thinking, what is that? And it was this song, Proof, and the—I don't know. There is it the official video, or is it just a? I don't, think I'd ever, I, don't, I, had, I don't think I'd ever seen that video before. Oh, my God. It just made me laugh. It was quite, because quite amusing. They, uh, 
Chevy Chase and Steve Martin and Paul Simon at various times were dancing this really odd dance, and they did it, it looked very like, exaggerated. It looked like, uh, what's his name? MC uh, Hammer. MC Hammer. Yeah. yeah. They were wearing those big parachute pants and and uh, <laughs> just doing this amazing dance. It was really quite... The expressions on their <laughs> right. faces while they were doing it, and I, I mean, it just was a hilarious video. Yeah. And. So you and should look up look up that video. You must look up the video because that's what inspired yeah. me to think of this music for today. But it was also, it was the song Proof, which, and I was saying to you after I watched it, I said, well, man, you know, that the, the lyrics have certainly taken a turn because, <laughs> uh, you know, because of recent historical events. Um and uh, I just enjoyed it. And so I was thinking about it this morning because I don't know whether we've ever mentioned it, but a lot of times Bill will say, okay, what, what music are we going to do today? <laughs> I leave it in your hands because of your, uh, you, you have an intuitive ability that I sometimes lack. But the first thing that popped in my mind was that. And I was thinking about Paul Simon and... Uh, how he has been a friend in my life since high school. You know, that, uh, and I was telling you this morning, after we were listening to some of these songs, I said, you know, Paul Simon was a genius songwriter when we were young. That still is, is a genius songwriter. But, but he is shining more brightly. He He's shown more brightly every generation I thought he really because the wisdom that he <laughs> accrued through age he passed on through his music too and I just thought it was marvelous yeah. um, some of the songs that he's written about middle age and old age have uh, definitely brought me to weep yeah. you know like uh, oh, all of them yeah. you know <laughs> but the Lorraine Yes, Darling Lorraine. Darling Lorraine song. Oh, my God. Just even thinking about that song brings tears to my eyes. And I was thinking, how can anyone write that so succinctly and represent so much of what it is to be older? With you know? so few words. With so few words. With so few words. It's just an amazement to me. It's the little, the the images that he chooses to bring forth are just I don't know how he does it either, but it's, it's his talent is unique in, in that respect. And again and again and again, he, he does it. Not every song, but he's, he doesn't intend it in every song, but you can, you have a, a sense of his intention in every song. And uh, The Rhythm of the Saints is, was an album of his that was unlike anything I'd ever heard him do before. It came out right after Graceland, but it was like, it was like the backside or the interior. Uh, it was so much more. It felt like church music to me. It felt very. Uh, I don't know. It just felt very spiritual, and I don't know. I've always thought it was because of the period of life that I was in. I think it came out in '91 um, or '90 or '91, which is the year Alice was born, and it was a companion all through. Uh, my kid's young life because it was an album that I would put on when it was nap time and I would always, I would rock the kids in the rocking chair uh, 
till they went to sleep and then I would just sit and rock them and listen to that album front to back and uh, it's like an hour the album's an hour long I think or almost and so it was perfect it seems like such an enlivening music I'm surprised that the kids would settle down with that it's just because it's uh, rhythmic yeah because of the rhythms I think it's you know more than anything else it's it is a very live, lively album, but it's also very soothing. I like the song "The Coast," which was the song that was kind of for me was "Ah, They're Asleep" song, and it was just I don't know. Summer skies, the stars are falling all along the injured coast. Yeah. I don't understand why that line affects me. And all the references to money. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it just seemed very resonant to me at that time and still does. But now it's more uh, reflective. It's more uh, in keeping with the kind of reminiscence I've been having. Uh, well, and then the, uh, the one that I wanted to choose, The Obvious Child, it was partially because of what's going on historically right now and that whole idea of I don't want to be treated like a fool no more and you know that was why that came to my mind but then when I was listening to it I was really impressed by the Sonny getting the yearbook down and seeing the people who had died and because I just had a conversation with Kat yesterday and and there are people that we know that are suffering through dementia. There are people that we know that are that are dying or dead or whatever. It's it's a it's a weird time of your life when you're at our age because you're you're transitioning into that period where people are starting to be lost. I mean, certainly it happened even when we were younger, but it happens more frequently of our own age group you know um at this age so uh it is a really great album for feeling that nostalgia as that you were talking about and and especially going into this week which is the end of the the year and you know it's so interesting because people uh, certainly and rightfully have just said that this year is horrible and I'm so glad to see the end of it. But at the same time, it's like any year of your life that was terrible, but you learned something from it and came out of it with some other thing that happened in your life. You can't remove a year and just say oh well that was a lousy year i'm not yeah. going to think about that anymore yeah. because i think that this period of time has really taught us a lot yeah i think every uh, year good years or bad lot. years are formative years they they uh, you know i mean just the fact that the gregorian calendar is going to flip over into a new uh, we have to all, all buy new calendars. That doesn't mean anything's going to be different. Yeah, that's right. There's no guarantee that anything is going to be different, and I don't think anything's going to be different for some time to come. So. Yeah, but I I think in a lot of ways that we we have these chances to 
learn, and I think this was definitely a learning year for, for a lot of reasons. But I've always, uh, we were talking last week about the fact that I really like the more meditative aspects of this holiday time mm-hmm. this year. And I had mentioned that I always liked spending New Year's in a meditative way. And I some of my most remembered New Year's were sitting in uh, in quiet conversation with beloved members of my family or beloved friends and just talking into the night, you know, and uh, by a fire or a candlelit uh, kind of circumstance. And I remember this one year that we stayed up all night. My brother had his friend Dennis Howes over and I had a friend, my friend Helen Hensucker, Triola. I mean, she's now Triola, but she was Helen Hensucker back then. And we did stay up all night and we did it by them telling, uh, my brother and his friend Dennis telling this long shaggy dog story that they just were making up on the spot. And it was quite phenomenal to, to listen to how they did that. My brother was actually very good at spinning tales, you know. Mm-hmm. He uh, used to tell me ghost stories in the uh, when we were at the beach cabin, and he'd always come up with these great um, storylines. But I, it was pretty amazing that they did that that night and just kept it going. You know, they were passing it back and forth to each other, and I was just like, wow. But I remember that we were going to bed in my room around, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning or something. My dad was just getting up and he was astonished that we had stayed up all night. (coughs) But I really loved it when we would just talk and, and talk about our lives in some way. And I think that it's a good time to be meditative because of the darkness of the days, the the weather often not being that great. And I think it's a nice time to reflect instead of going out and carousing, you know? Agreed. I think it's uh, another, it's the circumstances unique this year just because I think we've been kind of in this meditative state for some, some time now by, by a, just kind of forced into it by a circumstance, you know, so... But for people of our nature, it's kind of a welcome time, at least for me. I've really... Yeah, in many ways, yeah. I really like the, the time to be more meditative, I think. And grateful for the fact that we have the luxury of that. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah I've th- often thought about it. I was talking about it with Kat yesterday. I was saying, you know, the thing that's so crazy is... I feel so grateful that we're in the circumstances that we are, that we are not uh, being affected as so many people are by the horrors that are happening. And, and yet there's, you know, we of modest means, no matter what we would want, we don't have the capability to do more than something small, you know, to help out. And you feel like, you just want to say to people who have more of the means, please help, you know. But it's 
where your head is at, you know, what you think of. And I was telling you that it made me think of the West Wing where, um, if anybody has seen the West Wing, one of the most uh, stirring episodes for me was, it was actually a holiday one. And it was in the first season. I think it was like the fourth or fifth episode. Yeah. Where Toby, one of the members of the West Wing, the the communications director, is that what his mm-hmm. title was? And he has given a an old coat to Goodwill and... Uh, he gets a call. He doesn't know it's uh, gone to a homeless person, but he had a note in the pocket, with, or a business One card business in, in, in the, the pocket. pocket. And so they contact him and, and tell him that this man has died. They think that maybe he knows him, but he doesn't. He just, and then he realizes it's the coat that he had given to Goodwill. And so he really feels personally connected into this situation and uh, tries to find if this man has any relatives and finds out that he has a brother who is homeless as well and he goes to talk to the brother and the thing that always struck me was that he's going into this this kind of tunnel area where a lot of homeless people are it's like under an overpass or something yeah that they're trying to stay warm and they've got barrels with fire and um and the man who is guiding him to the brother um is worried about toby you know are you going to be okay toby offers him some money yeah uh, ostensibly to buy this guy a suit because he wants to arrange a funeral for his dead brother who he found out was a korean war veteran and deserves a military funeral so he tries to hand some money to the guy, and he goes, "Oh no, you need that money. You need that. Uh, you need to, you know, you're, you need to, you need bus fare. You need to, you need. You can't take that." He refuses the money. Yeah, that just really struck me because, in my experience, a lot of people of little means are very generous, yeah. and I mean I've seen it many, many times in my life. Doesn't mean that it always happens, but. Um, I do because they know what it's like to be without, and I think that that is the the main drive. But anyway, it's a it's an interesting time to be meditating about <laughs> about your own life, about the the lives that we live collectively. Um, it's been an interesting time. And it, I think the Rhythm of the Saints is, even though it's a very active uh, sounding album, it's, a, it's ex- an extremely meditative album. It's like the, the lyric and the subject matter is kind of counterpoint to the, to the rhythmic elements. And I think that's one of the reasons that it worked so well for me and also worked as a way to put my kids to sleep because yeah. it was music is soothing amidst all the rhythms and i think that's kind of the the idea of it well don't you think paul simon's got a soothing voice yeah there's something very soothing about his voice to me agreed and perhaps it's just because of my long history with him and it's definitely a voice that's been in my head since grade school for me Uh, I think I started collecting Paul Simon in middle school and 
And certainly when I was deciding to become a songwriter, it was because of people like Paul Simon and what they could, what I realized could be done in a song, you know. Because uh, he's been writing f pretty effective songs since he was in his, his very young youth, in his early 20s. He is a person who definitely found his his calling. Yeah. He's been following his bliss for many, many decades. So let's hope he can continue. And, and <laughs> my great thanks that he did, man. Yeah. He he really served as a revelatory kind of experience for me many, many, many times in my life. Bingo.
Or maybe I'm a dog that's lost its pride I don't expect to be treated like a fool no more I don't expect to sleep the night Some people say a lie is just a lie But I say the cross is in the ballpark Why deny the obvious child?